to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we are, we, me, I'm excited, guys, to bring you the closing keynote speaker from LashCon of 2019, and it is Lance Courtney, and he is a treat. He is amazing, guys. There's a reason why we put him last, and it's because he really has all this knowledge. He's run salons, businesses, is a coach, a prof- you know, he does speaking for a living, all this stuff, guys. He knows his stuff, and he brings in so much knowledge. I promise you, you will learn a lot today. And this is just a preview of the kind of speakers we're going to be bringing you in just three and a half weeks at LashCon. So if you like what you hear today and over the next couple of weeks and you're still on the bubble, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. I promise you'll be like, okay, yeah, this, this is different. This is not the typical stuff I get when I go to Lash Conference. Guys, I really, really want to try to highlight this so you can see that, yeah, I know there's a lot of content. I know there's a lot of free webinars. This is not like a free webinar. I promise you the type of money and the type of resources and what we poured into this is we're not just bringing you like a McDonald's meal. We're bringing you the filet mignon. We're bringing you the top line cuts of steak, not a hamburger that's been sitting around for a year rotting in the freezer. Okay. So hopefully you get a little preview here. Hopefully you'll be like, wow, this is pretty cool. Maybe you should check it out. And by the way, we did stop selling the VIP and the standard tickets, which means the swag bags, t-shirt, all that's gone. But the cheapest ticket, the economy ticket, is still available. And you can still buy it right up to the day of the event. So, or the day before, I should say, of the event. So right now, if you're liking this, then go on now before the next price increase happens in like a week and a half or so. You don't have to pay more than you need to. It's only 209 So that's very affordable. And there's still a payment plan. You pay 50% now now and 50% in 30 days, which is after the event event guys so how about that we're going to give you an event and you can pay later okay one last announcement is we need guest announcers so if you've been holding out please guys this is our call to you we love you guys we love to feature you guys we love to get people to follow you through our social media so please take a moment the script is in the and not in the bio but in the show notes here and we'll go from there but otherwise guys i hope you really love this i i really i can't wait to listen to this second time myself or third time i should say i've already listened one other time before this and i'm going to do it again now so enjoy the episode and we will see you again next week with another take from LashCon of 2019 Give it up for Sheila. Was that awesome? I like that woman. You know, I want to piggyback off something she said about the shoulds. There's so many things that you should do, right? You should implement, you should execute, you should eat less sugar or no sugar, you should organize your garage. But at the end of the day, in the words of the great Jim Rohn, all you end up doing is shooting all over yourself. <laughs> right? So... How you get things done is moving them from the sh- you like that, Sheila? <laughs> moving them from the should into the must column. Because you always do the things that must get done. Yes or yes? yes? Okay, cool. So, I don't know how many of you were in my breakout class earlier today, but I'm going to do, were you there? Okay, cool. So, I'm going to do a continuation, and I want to share with you, in my experience, what some multi-million dollar top 200 salons are. If you don't know what the top 200 fastest growing salon is, Modern Salon, Salon Today, which is uh, 
used to be Vance Publishing, now it's Bobbitt. They release the top 200 salons every single January, and it's a real honor to be in there. Now, here's the cool thing. Success leaves clues. Yes or yes? So does failure. So we're going to talk about that. Now, you've heard a lot of people talk about best practices, things to do, successful things. I'm actually going to spend a lot of time talking about failure. Ask me why. Because failure leaves clues. And if you understand what those clues are, you can do the opposite of that. Is that good? Say yes. yes. Awesome. All right. So with that being the case, whether you are a spa or you are a salon or a solopreneur, at the end of the day, your success is going to be predicated upon three things. It's going to be the experience and the passion of the people involved, the performance, the quality of the product that you use, and the repeatable process that you use to create measurable growth. Everyone say measurable. If you don't measure, you can't manage. Now, for those of you who I have not met, I'm just going to give you a quick little bit of background on who I am and how I got to this place. But I'm not going to go into a lot because I believe time and money are the two biggest commodities that you have. And this, this weekend is not about me. This is really about you. But I will tell you this. How many of you believe that if you're going to dispense expert advice, you have to have done a lot more than just good research? Would you agree? So I've been on the inside, outside, and backside of more salons and spas than anybody I know, personally and professionally. I've owned salons. I've managed them. And I'm a certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, one of 600 certified dream coaches in the world. I'm an author, a speaker, and I also run an eight-figure business. We uh, invented the tape-in hair extension technology, and I just found out today, for the second year in a row, Beauty Launchpad voted our hair extensions, Easy Hair Pro, number one, best hair extensions, right? Thank you. A lot of our educators getting into lashes, so uh, really excited to be here. So let's unpack this really quick. People, if you're going to succeed, you have got to be able to manage and master relationships with people. Yes or yes? All right? If you're going to lead, the speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. Now, let me share something with you. I read an article about a high school principal who had an interesting challenge. And what happened is there were a group of girls that were actually refreshing their lipstick in the mirror and then kissing the mirror. And it left this unsightly lipstick print. It was very hard for the janitorial staff to clean it off. So he had a secretary draft a letter noting the nature of the problem, noting the fact that they were going over budget, because of the janitorial staff having to stay later, and also noting that anybody caught would instantly get three days in school suspension. The letter went out to the homeroom teachers. The letter was read the next day. Here's the question. Do you think the practice stopped? Yes or no? no. What do you think actually happened? No. Yeah, it got worse. Gave everybody the idea. So next morning, he decided in the school announcement that he was going to personally address the nature of the problem as well as the consequence, etc. Fast forward, the announcement went out. Did the practice stop, yes or no? no? What happened? It got worse. Okay, now pay attention here. Because he gathered a large group of girls into one of the restrooms, decided to escalate the issue, gathered a large group of girls along with the school head janitor, and he said... I've gathered you all here because I want you to understand how difficult it is for the janitorial staff to clean this lipstick off the mirror every single day. 
and he turned to the janitor who without hesitation took a squeegee with a long handle, dipped it in the nearest toilet, and then began scrubbing the mirror. Okay? So, did the practice stop, yes or no? Absolutely. If you want to get somebody's goat, you have to know where they hide it. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because whether it's the people that you lead as a business owner or the people that you lead who happen to be your customers, you cannot require them to do anything. You have to inspire, not require. And that's what that janitor knew that the principal didn't. You have to inspire, not require. At the end of the day, I want you to look at your neighbor and ask them this question. Are you inspired or expired? Ask them. Go ahead. Inspired or expired? Absolutely. All right. So you've heard a lot of stories about how people have gotten very successful in this niche. I'm going to share with you the three number one reasons for failure. Can I do that? Say yes. Okay. The three number one reasons for failure, I call this the CBA. Now, you most likely already know the ABCs. This is the CBA. Now, how did you learn the ABCs? Through that song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yes or no? No? Yes? Okay, watch this. We're going to have some fun. This side of the room, you're going to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Got it? Right? And you're going to learn something from this. This side of the room, you're going to sing the alphabet song. Are you clear? Now, do you know the lyrics? Just want to make sure. Okay, here we go. One, two, ready, go. Louder. Louder. Here's my favorite part. Okay, enough of that. Stop. So you get it, right? The oldest case of plagiarism in all of history. This is a CBA. So the first thing that I want to ask you before we get to the CBA is this. You're all here to improve. You didn't come here to do business as usual. You came here to do business unusual. Yes or yes? Okay, so let me ask you something. How many of you want to make more money? Yeah, that's fantastic. More money is great, right? And I know some of you have benevolent spirits. You want to help the poor. The easiest way to help the poor is not become one of them, yes? (laughs) All right? Now, the one of the things I absolutely love about this industry is it's a blank check, meaning it doesn't matter who signs the bottom of the check. You, touch yourself and say me, you get to fill in the amount. You have the power. My definition for power is performance optimized with enhanced rewards. That's why you're here. Everyone say power. Okay, cool. So everyone say more money, more money. So you came here because you wanted to, you know, adopt practices in order to make more money. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a noble thing. It's an honorable thing. And the question I have is, how much money do you want to make? More, lots. I get more and lots. Okay, so let's do an exercise. I just asked you how much money you want to make. You said more. You said lots or a lot back there. So I'm going to make this check out to you. I'm going to date it for today. And according to your instructions, I'm going to write a lot. All right, let's just go ahead and make it official. Now, here's the question. Can you cash a lot of money, yes or no? Can you deposit a lot of money, yes or no? If you take this to the bank and you try to deposit it, they're going to look at you like the cheese slipped off your cracker, right? So what's missing? What's missing? A number. Everybody snapped their fingers on the count of two. One, two. 
Okay, here's a second chance. I said, what's missing? You said a number. So let's go ahead, put this in there, and we'll put a number in there. All right? So is that the goal, yes or no? How do you know? See, here's the deal. I'm a certified coach. This is what I do. And when I ask people what it is that they want, the number one reason for failure is clarity. Because most people have not identified what they specifically want. How can you hit a target that you can't even see? A person without a goal is like a car without a motor. You're not going to get too far. Specificity is the key to credibility. So clarity is king. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And by when? Coaching is a billion-dollar industry. I could sum it up in these questions. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And by when? Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And by when? It could be the size of your building. It could be the size of your team. I don't believe in having a staff. If you have staff, you have staff infection. I believe in having a team, right? A staff shows up for the money. A team shows up for the mission. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. Right? So you got to get clarity on every single thing. Every single thing, the type of products, the type of your offerings, your pricing, are you priced to be profitable? All of that. Where am I now? Where do I want to be? And by when? Identify who you are in the market. And here's why. Because the mass market is dead. Consumers either want the cheapest price or they want the best quality. The middle is shrinking rapidly. Now, interesting thing. I think that sometimes we're so deep in this Industry so deep in the forest we can't see the trees. So let's expand this conversation with regard to clarity. Understand if you, uh, Ralph's currently does $384 a square foot in, in sales. Walmart, $415 a square foot in sales. What do you know about the two of them? One is the middle of the market and one is the cheapest price. Who's generating more dollars per square foot? Walmart. But the question is, if you're being authentic, do you really want to be the Walmart of lashes or the salon or the spa industry? Consider the third option. Whole Foods does $998 a square foot. Identify who you are in the market. You better be the cheapest price or you better be the best quality. Don't try to be all things to all people. Clarity. Everyone say clarity. Yes, yes. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. It's pretty damn hard to try and fit in and stand out at the same time. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Yeah. All right, it's pretty damn hard to fit in and stand out at the same time. So make up your mind, get really clear on who you are in the market and who you serve. Now, the next thing that shows up after you're clear, where am I, who am I, where do I wanna be, what do I wanna be, and by when, you get all of that, next thing that shows up is, can I really do it? I mean, I heard Sheila up here, right? But I mean, she's cute and she's funny and you know what, I'm kind of shy and frumpy, right? Maybe you're not, right? I mean, but think about this. This is important. And make note of what I'm about to share with you. Your beliefs are the hidden scripts that run your life, okay? Your beliefs are the hidden scripts that run your life. So you got to ask yourself, what kind of belief system? And it is a system. You either have an unlimited belief system, meaning there's no conditions, or... You have a limited belief system, meaning that everything is in order to, before this, until then, but what if, and but what if has ruined more dreams than anything when you start placing conditions around it. So get clear. Where are you now? Where do you want to be and by when? Stoke your belief system, your attitude. 
Some of you, you're entrepreneurs, but you walk into your business and you got this around your neck, right? And you know what this is? This is drama. And you're walking around with it, expecting that you're like, how come I'm not just really generating, right? Because you have all this drama around your neck, right? And I could go on about that, but considering the time constraints, I'm going to go to the next thing. Now, here's what I need you to ask yourself. Complete this phrase. Knowledge is what? That's bullshit. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is simply insight. I had somebody come up to me after the class today. said, wow, I had the most amazing breakthrough. I said, great, what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. I just realized something. I said, great, congratulations. You had an insight. So how do I get a breakthrough? You have to do something with it, right? So belief in and of itself and knowledge doesn't... Think about this. The two biggest New Year's resolutions are to quit smoking and lose weight. We know how to lose weight. You eat less and exercise more, yes? Does the knowledge in and of itself actually change the result, yes or no? No. So here's what I want you to, kind of, to get. And it, it's, what's better than perfect is progress. So don't be attached to perfect, right? Do it dirty, right? I've never seen a business plan fail on paper, and there's no such thing as a straight line in business. Got it? Say good. All right? So now, once you are clear, where am I, where do I want to be, and by when, the next thing to do is like really feed your belief system, because your beliefs don't make you a better person, but your actions do. And that's the third reason for failure is lack of action. Never leave the scene of a goal without taking some kind of action towards it. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do something every day that frightens you. Right? Exactly. Amen. So do something that frightens you. Take a step towards it. Here's what I say. You want a lancism? There's no such thing as a wasted baby step. Take a baby step towards it, but actually take an actual step. Don't think about it. The reality is, and the irony, the great irony of life, is clarity doesn't happen from simply thinking. Right? Clarity happens from movement. Clarity happens from actually engaging. Right? That you don't have to know what the thousandth step to the thousandth mile looks like. Just take the first couple steps of the first mile. Are you there? Say yes. yes. All right? Because here's what it looks like. As a father of twin daughters, my daughters are in college right now. Right? They're in college right now. Here's what it looks like, gradually and then suddenly. You have kids, they're like, I can't wait for them to be able to go to the bathroom on their own, for them to tie their shoes on their own, right? Next thing you know, they're driving. Next thing you know, they're in college. At some point, you have to realize there's a lot more yesterdays than there are tomorrows. So, with that being the case, is this tracking with you, yes? Okay, cool. So, question, how many of you remember this particular company. Anybody? Okay, Blockbuster. $6 billion global brand. Interesting thing, 2004, they were $6 billion. There's a guy by the name of Reese Hastings up here in Santa Cruz. He goes to meet with Blockbuster and says, hey, listen, we got this great idea, but we're bleeding money. We're in debt by $50 million, so I'll let you have it. I'm just going to sell you this company for $50 million, Right? And they said no, not once or twice, but three times. Reese and with Scott Randolph and some of the execs of Netflix walked out with their head hung down, long face, my God, what are we going to do? But the wonderful thing about life is when it pushes, persistence equals resistance and vice versa. Because in a few short years, in six years, Blockbuster said no, but they went bankrupt. 
Netflix was forced to actually grow that company and grew it to $2.2 billion. However, I want you to make note of something. How many of you want to be, build a business that's built to last? Say, I do. All right. I want you to kind of get something. In retaliation, Blockbuster says, hey, you can bring in that Netflix envelope to a local Blockbuster and you can get a movie for free. But it was too little to what? Because Netflix understood something that everybody in this room needs to understand, embrace, and assimilate. And it's this. Built to last means built to change. Right? You have got to already start thinking three steps ahead. You've earned your present. You have to qualify for the future. Meaning that what you did three years ago, you can't continue to do. Because growth doesn't come from reincarnation. It comes from reinvention. And there's way too many. You like that? That was a good lancism there. Uh, there's way too many people trying to reincarnate and copy and paste what somebody else is doing. And listen, there are best practices that you can learn, absorb, embrace, assimilate. But at some point, you've got to reinvent it because you've got to qualify for the future. So here's what Netflix did. They knew that they could only coast so long on the fumes of ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. Before long, those networks are going to realize that Netflix is getting rich off of their scraps. So they're already thinking ahead, right? How do we go streaming? How do we create our own content? Now they're worth $52 billion because they're reinventing themselves constantly. Built to last means built to change. Are you there? Say yes, all right? Now, I don't believe that Starbucks has the best coffee by any stretch of the imagination. I try to avoid it unless sometimes I can't. But the interesting thing is when you look at Starbucks, they have over 25,000 locations. They are a success and they are a phenomenon. And I was just in New York last weekend. Interesting thing, you can be in one Starbucks, look across the street and see another Starbucks and there's lines in both, right? They're not hurting for business. Now, Starbucks continues to reinvent themselves. In certain markets, they do Starbucks evenings, right? This is the ultimate pivot where you can have wine and tapas and they have a local sommelier that does wine pairings and all the tapas dishes are 500 calories or less. I don't even like the coffee. The heck if I'm going to go to Starbucks for wine, but guess what? They estimate that's going to add another $3 billion to the top line. Everyone say cha-ching, right? Everyone say reinvent, reinvent. right? You've got to be able to own the problems. When you're doing a consultation, you know what's more important? Not the solution. And Sheila hinted at it earlier. You've got to own the problem. Ask me why. The reason the problem is more important than the solution is because the problem has a sense of urgency. So you do lashes. That's great. All right? So you do the best lashes. That's great. So you also do microblading and brows and other types of things. That's great. Guess what? Nobody cares until they have a problem. Right? You have a dentist somewhere within five miles of your house and or business, and that dentist is not important until somebody has an issue. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Yeah. Problems have a greater sense of urgency than solutions. Solutions lie dormant until you can find the problem. The problem actually makes the solution more valuable. So when you're doing a consultation, definitely remember that. One company that really owned the problem because they looked around and said, taxi cabs are smelly, they're rude, they're dirty, right? And it's reverse. They need us, but they operate in the opposite manner. It's a horrible experience. So this guy by the name of Travis invented what? Uber. Uber. 
Now, I want you to understand, this is a $69 billion valuation on this company. $69 billion, largest transportation company in the world, and they don't own a single car. Think about that. Say, wow. Wow. Right? How many of you use Uber? Raise your hand. Now, this is brilliant, what I'm going to share with you, because you can park this note under something called vertical growth, because everybody in this industry needs to understand, embrace, and assimilate vertical growth. So, you're worth $69 billion, how do you level up? Well, it's real simple. You appleology this shit, and that means you get people spending more time and more money with you. So now they introduce Uber Eats, right? Uber Eats solves a huge problem because prior to that, right, you had two choices when it came to takeout and delivery. You had pizza and bad Chinese, right? And now... You can dial into any restaurant within a 10-mile radius, right? And they charge you for it. Because I want you to understand this. Write this down. The speed of trust. And I I know I'm going fast. I'm going to hit it, quit it. But here's what I want you to get. The speed of trust indicates that the higher the level of trust with your brand, the, the quicker the transfer of agreement. Should I say that again? The higher the level of trust with your brand, the quicker the transfer of agreement. Now, what you want is agreement, but what you need is trust. Here's how Uber did it. When they launched Uber, they gave a superior product, right, for less than the price of a taxi cab ride. So think about that. I get a better product. They've addressed all the problems that I tend to experience with taxi cabs. So it's a superior product, and it costs less. It's kind of a no-brainer. Now they introduce Uber Eats. That's called card on file, this Uber Eats, right? Because now you don't even have to do anything except for download the other app. That's all you have to do. So it makes it easy and convenient. But now, how many of you have ever used Uber Eats? Right? I have a problem. I'm trying not to use Uber Eats. Because I use it on average between that and now DoorDash probably about four times a week. That's a confession. Right? But the interesting thing is they charge you so much more. And here's why they can do that. Because they've already established themselves as a reputable, trustworthy brand. So now you do the ultimate add-on, massive vertical growth. As a result of this, in the first 18 months, the increase, wait for it, are you ready? $8.5 billion to the top line. Is that good or great? Yeah, absolutely. So I want you to take from this and go, okay, what can I do? to actually bring more value in order for my customers, who already trust me, actually to spend more time and more money with me. Apple did it. I mean, raise your hand in here if you have an iPhone. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you have an iPhone. Okay, raise your hand if you don't. Okay, there's like six weirdos in here. I'm kidding, I'm totally kidding, I'm totally kidding. You're actually probably the very cool ones. So here's the deal, raise your hand that's everybody but six people had not have an iPhone. Raise your hand if you had the first original iPhone version one in 2007. See, there's like four cool people here, right? And here's the cool thing. Since then, you've bought the iPhone 2 and 3 and 3S and 4 and 4S and 5. And at some point, all of us at some point decided to jump on, right? And that's how the Apple cult was built. And now we have like the Apple 10X 6G underscore hashtag, whatever the heck it's called, right? Okay, so now how many of you use Facebook marketing? Raise your hand. Okay, cool, awesome. 
share something with you that I think is really fascinating in the spirit of innovation with regard to Facebook. There was a journalist that actually was in Palo Alto and went to go interview Mark Zuckerberg. And as he pulled up to the campus, he noticed something in his rearview mirror. As he's pulling up, he notices on the back of the Facebook sign, right, is Sun Microsystems, the former tenant of that entire campus and says, well, this is pretty interesting because every Facebook team member that leaves has to actually see this on their way out. He finishes the tour, gets ushered into the conference room where Sun Microsystems logo is promptly displayed. And he says, well, this is kind of interesting, right? Facebook, he asks Zuckerberg finally, you're worth $400 billion as Facebook. I'm sure it wasn't because you can't hire a designer, right? a decorator, so why haven't you changed the logo? And without hesitation, Mark Zuckerberg says, because I want that to stand as a reminder to everybody who works on the Facebook team of what will happen to us when we refuse to innovate. Right? Thank you. The six words of any failing organization are, we've always done it that way. Right? You're not, you didn't come here to go back and do things the same, right? It's really on reinvention. It's on change. I love this. If you focus on results, you rarely see change. When you focus on change, you always get results. So how many of you think that it's time for a change? Say, I do. I do. Okay, cool. I want you to file change into two different buckets. The two buckets of change. One is behavioral. The things that you need to change about who you are, your attitude, your response, your innovation, inspiration, and motivation. Behavior is very important. If you have people that work for you and they're not doing something, it's either behavioral or it's systemic, right? Is this tracking? Say yes. So it's in one of those two buckets. Now, I love what Viktor Frankl says. He, he survived four Holocaust camps. He says there's a space between stimulus and response, and we get to choose that space. How many of you have seen a superhero movie, right, by choice or default in the past year? Raise your hand. Yes. And you always have that conversation with your friends. Hey, if you had a superpower, what superpower would you be? Right? Name your superpower. What would it be? To fly. You would fly. Read minds. Right? Speed. Reverse time. Right? There's always somebody creepy in the room that says, be invisible. I don't know why. Right? But guess what? I say, guess what? You say what? Guess what? I have a secret. Would you like to know what your superpower is? Because you have one. Would you like to know what it is? Your superpower as a human being is the power of choice. Right? Yes. There's no cat being... Yes. Amen. Go ahead. Let it loose. Yeah. You get to choose. Unlike there's no cat being, dog being, giraffe being, ant being. An ant just can't one day go, you know what? I'm tired of being an ant. I want to be a graphic designer. I want to go in the lashes. You actually get to do this. You can... I, I talked to somebody... Who's the lash scientist out there? I talked to somebody last night who was like a clinical scientist that said, you know what? I got tired and I was bored. I wasn't passionate, and I went into lashes. Now I make $100,000 more, I set my own hours, and I have freedom. 
You get to do that. That's your superpower. Now, if you want to supersize your superpower, put on the cape of gratitude. Right? Now, now you're really cooking with gas. So, let's take a look at this. When it comes to systems, because you need systems in your business. If you don't have a system, you're winging it. Every single thing from the way that you answer the phone. And in my breakout group, we talked about this idea of disrupting customer service and systematizing everything, right? Here's my definition for system. Save yourself time, energy, and money. If you don't have a system for everything you do, from the way you greet the client, answer the phone, check the guests out, from the way you answer the door, give them the tour, right? Welcome them, determine if they're a new guest, right? From the new client protocol to the follow-up to the checkout to the pre-book. If you don't have a system for it, you're winging it and you're leaving your success up to chance. You're leaving your retention up to chance. How many of you have fought really hard to get the customers that you have? Yes? yes. Right? And then look at this. Because client attrition, the opposite of retention, is at an all-time high. And I want to share with you why. Would you like to know? Here's a study. Why customers leave? Well, 1% pass away. That's not your fault. Right? It's not your fault. 3% move away. Can you control that? Yes or no? 5% change relationships. Somebody gets into the industry. They have a spouse that changes jobs. Whatever the case is, there's a divorce that happens. So arguably, 9% of that is way beyond your control. Let's look at the rest, though. 9% try a competitor. Can you control that? Yes or no? So it's interesting. It's always split. Some people are going, I can't control that. Some people are going, yes. And you see where that confidence meter lies. And at the end of the day, the ultimate truth is control is an illusion, but it's your job to influence. Yes? yes. And I don't mean influencers in how many people follow you in that creepy kind of way. I mean, you have to influence. I mean, you have to do the verb before you become the noun. Are you there? Say yes. So it's your job to influence. Do the verb to become the noun. So I don't know if you can or can't control it. You can definitely influence it because the 14% who are dissatisfied with the service definitely won't be trying a competitor if they're happy with you. Yes? Unless you're not pre-booking them. But the whopping 68% people do not return because of employee indifference. Meaning they feel that that person, that technician, that employee... They feel that they don't make a difference to them. The opposite of indifference is kind, caring, considerate, concerned, compassionate, sympathetic, and empathetic. In other words, they don't feel that their presence makes a difference. They don't feel heard, seen, and understood. Does that make sense? Say yes. yes. Now, let's talk about the antidote to that. How many of you would like to be 91% more effective? Say I would. Yes. All right, so we're going to play a quick game. And here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a piece of paper and a pen or a piece of paper and a pencil, or crayon, or lipstick, whatever, right? A writing stick. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions. Here's the deal. How many of you consider yourself to be excellent or above average listener? Raise your hand. Okay, that's, that's a lot of people. Okay, so here's the deal. I want you to number your paper, one through seven, really quick. One through seven. I'm going to ask you seven very, very quick questions. It's not going to take a lot of time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down the first answer that comes to your mind. The reason I want you to write it down is because I want you to pay attention to the next question. And here are the rules of the game. Are you ready? Say yes. I'm not going to repeat any of the questions. Now, I know that we have some 
men in the room. Studies have shown that men have to be told things multiple times. So you're going to have to pay careful attention if you happen to be a man in the room, right? I'm going to ask the question one time. I'm not going to repeat it. And here's the second rule. Do not blurt the answer out or share it with your neighbor. Got it? Say good. Studies show that two out of every three people in the world have deep-rooted psychological issues. So if you look at the person to the right and look at the person to the left and they look normal, you might forget it. Okay. So here we go. Are you ready? Say yes. Okay. Do not blurt the answer. I'm only going to ask it one time. You're going to write it down and we're going to move on. So here's the first question. How many of each animal, how many of each animal did Moses bring in the ark? Write it down. We go to question two. Look up at me for this one. What is the name of the raised print that deaf people use? Write it down, and then we go to question three. Question three, is it possible to end a sentence with the word the? So I might ask for an example. If not, just write down no. And question four is a two-part question. I'm going to ask you a question. The first part is going to be verbal. We'll say it together. Second part, written down silently. Everybody clear? Say yes. Okay, so... Everybody spell aloud the word silk, all right? We're going to do it three times, each time louder, each time faster. Ready? S-I-L. Faster. Louder. What do cows drink? Write it down. And then we go to question number five. Question five. It's noon. You look at the clock. The big hand is on the three. The little hand is on the five. What time is it? Write down the time and then... Prepare yourself for question six. Write down the time and prepare yourself for question six. Question six, another two-part question, and then after that, we have one final question. This one, we're going to be spoken aloud, like a two-part question, and then written silently. First part verbal, second part silent. Spell the word shop. Bless you. My God, you might have to wipe after that. That was just loud. That sounded wet. Okay. Notice I didn't say moist. Somebody at some point decided that moist was a bad word. I don't know why. Like, if you don't like that word, sure, you'll definitely not like the opposite. Um, So back to this. Two-part question. The first part aloud. Second part silent. Everybody spell the word shop three times, each time louder, each time faster. Ready? S-H-O-P. Faster. S-H-O-P. Louder. S-H-O-P. What are you supposed to do when you come to a green light? Write it down, and then we go to the final question. You're the driver of a train. There are 30 people on board. At the first stop, 10 people get off. At the second stop, five people get on. Here's the question. What's the name of the driver? Right? If you don't know, write, I don't know. Right? And for a bonus, tell me what color socks. Okay. Everybody ready? Say yes. Yes. Now, this is a game of integrity. So I need everybody to raise their hand. Everyone raise their hand like this. Okay, good. Thank you. Here's what I need you to do. Okay, you can put them down. So if for the first answer you wrote two or two by two, raise your hand. Pretty much the majority of people in the room. Let's take a look at the question. How many of these animals did Moses bring on the ark? I thought, yes, Noah. So, yes. There was even a movie about it. Question two. How many of you wrote down Braille? Right? Or little bumpy things? A lot of, okay. How many of you are like, man, I didn't stay late for this. They'd be embarrassed. No, so a lot of you wrote down Braille. Let's take a look at the question. What's the name of the raised print that deaf people use? I believe it's the blind people that need it, right? So how many of you wrote down question three? How many of you wrote down no? 
No? Okay, thank you. So, is it possible to innocence with the word the? I believe I just did. Yes? Yes. It's okay. Question four. How many of you wrote down milk? Be honest. Milk? Right? Okay. What do cows drink, everybody? Water. And if you know why, it's because they can't reach the udder. Oh, okay. So shout out the time for question five. Shout it out. 515, 315, anybody get something different? 325, okay. It's noon, you look at the clock. Okay. Next question, I need you to be really honest. How many of you wrote down stop? Right, collaborate and listen. Okay, cool. What are you supposed to do when you come to a green light? Thank you, don't follow those people home. LA traffic is bad enough. Final question. How many of you did not know the name of the driver? Okay. You're the driver of a train. So, team, earlier I said, how many of you would consider yourself above average or excellent listeners? Nearly everybody raised their hands. I'm going to ask you this again. How many of you would consider yourself above average listeners? A lot less hands. Thank you. Can I share something with you? And I have to make this lightning quick because there's other things I want to share with you that I'm very passionate about, team. That's called average listening. But if you want an excellent business, you can't have average habits, right? So I'm gonna give you one, two, three, and four. According to the International Coaching Federation, level one is distracted listening. That's where most of us live. Somebody's talking, you're rehearsing your response. Somebody's talking, you go to Aruba for a couple seconds. Level two, that's focused listening. You're talking, somebody else is talking, you don't even realize the restaurant is closing. You're going down to drain with them. Level three, you can hear everything. From the phone ringing to your client who showed up early. Damn it, she's always early. To the car alarm that won't go off. To the fact the phone rang three times. You can hear everything. And when you realize you're there, you need to bring yourself down to level two. And then here's level four. Somebody's talking and you're listening while giving them the experience of being listened to. Because I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. Being listened to feels so much like being loved that most people will never know the difference, right? Yeah. So if you want to activate the speed of trust, you have to give that experience to your guests. It's not hearing. A doctor can test your hearing. The only way listening is tested is by the way you make somebody feel when you are listening to them. Is everybody clear? Say yes. All right? Everyone say this. My certainty is not as important as my potential. Say it. All right, and I want to give you some other things, team, because this is going to be about really supersizing and amplifying your message. How many of you know that language is important, yes? Language is the currency that we use to describe what we need, what we want, just like your guests. So I'm going to share with you some things that take away and dilute your message. These are caution phrases and power phrases. Red light, green light phrases. I'm going to go through them really quick because I want to share something else I'm really passionate about in order to leave you with something that you can take home. So, red light phrases take away from your message. Something like, I don't know, right? The subtext of I don't know is I don't care. So, instead of I don't know, it's I'll find out or I'll look into it. Instead of you're welcome, take a page from Ritz-Carlton, my pleasure. Instead of you said... This is responsible for more arguments than anything. Particularly if you were the customer, you said. 
It's I heard. Instead of calm down, because that always works, right? Right? Anybody ever tell you to calm down? What does it do? Makes you more angry, right? I understand. You're right. Instead of no, never let your client hear the word no. It's even better. Or you give a yes and then the details, right? You get a yes and then the details. Instead of a but, it's always an and. Instead of a how are you doing, it's good morning, afternoon. You're never fine. You're always fabulous. Here's the thing that kills me, unfortunately. Train your people never to say, unfortunately. Unfortunately, she's booked. Really, you worked your ass off to get that busy, and somebody just say it's unfortunate? It's not unfortunate, right? Instead, say, she's booked. Fortunately, she has an opening next week. Would you prefer Monday or Tuesday? Is everybody clear? Language matters. People don't want to buy or pay, but they do want to get or have. They don't want to know the price or cost. They want to know the total or the investment. Trying is lying and can't lives on Wont Street, so do the, your best. Do, can, and will. My name is, never use this phrase unless you're Eminem, right? It's I'm, right? Sorry means lousy, i.e. sorry, pathetic excuse. Instead, use the word apologize. Have to. I have to check my no. You don't have to do anything. I'd love to, right? Instead of a maybe, that's just a disguised no. Use a possibly. Instead of a cancel, that's such a negative word. We never cancel appointments. If you need to adjust, change, reschedule. Everybody got it? Say good. So, what successful organizations do and do well is they understand language. But they also live, breathe, and eat numbers. Really important that you know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, team, you don't know your business. You've got to know your average service ticket, average retail ticket, uh, your PPC, your pre-booking, productivity, your margins, your profit, your rent justifier. You need to know what every single square footage of that organization is worth and what it does. So for those of you who happen to have assistants or front desk, we break those up into what we call IPS and NIPS, income producing service providers and non-income producing service providers. How many of you are ready to level up and add some team members? Raise your hand, right? As you're adding assistants or you're looking at a front desk, I want you to take into consideration the breakdown, right? So. It's about money in, money out, money left over. If 100% comes in, 40% for overhead, 60% remaining, 10% out profit for you, the owner, 50% remains. You got 5% out for non-income producing service providers. Now, so that means if you're generating a million dollars, 50,000 of that is going to come and pay for the front desk and or assistance. And you might be thinking, I can't afford that. If you're going to level up, you can't afford not to. 45% remaining and then you have 2% for taxes, and that's conservative, meaning that you cannot afford to pay anybody a commission over 43%. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down and saying yes? Now, thank yeah, you can clap for that. The thing is, how do you activate your non-income producing, your NIPs, and turn them into IPs? So I want you to take into consideration something. Minimum wage in California in most places is $12 an hour. If you got somebody working 40 hours a week, that's 480 per week, right? There's three, four and a half, 4.3 weeks, right, in a month. That's $2,000 a month times the number of employees. Now, I want you to consider that that might be like money out unless you train them. Now, if you were in my class earlier today, you know that we do something called a leaderboard in our Top Gun front desk training. Here's what salons did last week, right? This is all from the front desk. This is two weeks. 
So if you multiply that times 25, that means they're run rated to do anywhere between 95 dollars to $160,000 from the front desk. This is not technicians. So you want to hire somebody that can support your success. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Say yes. Right? Now, I want to address something really quick. Super, super, super quick. How many of you have gotten some great ideas from being here? Say, I have. Right? And let's give it up to Paul and Tuss for putting on this event. Right? Here's what an idea is. I want you to consider this. I, you imagine it. D, you design it. E, you execute it. A, you amplify it. This is what you have to do with every single idea. You imagine, you design, you execute, and then, my friends, you have got to amplify. I know that you have a lot of hats that you wear, and you're in this because you love this. It's not just one thing that you do, you wear a lot of hats. But here's what growth looks like. Growth looks like leverage. Everyone say leverage. leverage. Finding people to do the things that you haven't made time to do. Because time is what, everybody? Last thing I want to share with you, what does this mean? Yeah, this is a broken model. I'm going to dispel this because most of you look at this and you say, I don't have enough what? Time in the day. Now you look at the calendar, how many weeks does the calendar have? Yeah, 52. And how many weeks in every month? 4.3. Very good. I want you to consider a new model. Write this down. 168 hours in a week. Are you ready for this? 168 hours in a week divided by 4.3. Now, check this out. If you work 50 hours, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're putting in at least 50 hours, particularly if you're in a growth phase, and you sleep eight hours a day, and God bless you if you do, because I don't, right? That's 56. And you eat and exercise 12 hours a week. You still have 50 hours to grind. 50 hours. It's up to you. What are you doing with those 50 hours? Yeah, if you're doing Netflix, you can't complain because you can't change what you continue to tolerate. Are you there? I'm not saying you have to do it all, but you got to delegate because in order to take it to the next level, what you refuse to delegate, you fail to duplicate. Are you there? Say yes. Okay. So last thing, I, I know I've, I'm right at the time here. I want to say something, team. This is your life. And I want you to consider something. There's... Over $5 billion of research that has gone into extending human life. As great as that is, extending human life isn't going to do any more for our quality of life than extending the highways. We have highways here that are six and eight lanes. Until people change their behavior and quit driving slow in the left lane, you're still going to have gridlock. You're still going to have problems. What's my point? What are you going to do differently to enhance the quality of your life? At the end of one of my favorite films, A Flight from Death, A Quest for Immortality, it ends with this line, and I'll share this with you. Everything has been figured out, except how to live. So perhaps the better question is not what do we do about death? Death is inevitable. What do we do about life? Life is made up of these interconnected moments. And it's up to us to ensure that these moments that we create are interconnected, vital, and grand to create a masterpiece of life. One that we would willingly live again and again throughout all of eternity. This is what we can strive for. And you hear that and you go, wow. 
the poetry of that blows your hair back. The chasm of where we are versus where that lives is overwhelming, but we miss the real punctuation, the last line. This is what we can strive for. See, it's in the striving that we become better instead of bitter. It's in the striving that we become powerful instead of pitiful. It's in the striving and the setbacks and the letdowns and the disappointments and the struggles that we find out who we are in this world to put a dent in the world. You're here for a reason. If you're struggling, if you're striving, that's good. Find out why. Because at the end of the day, you're either living an amazing life or, team, you have amazing excuses. So I want to thank all of you for being here. I'm Lance Courtney. Look me up. God bless and be well. Thank you. And that wraps up this show. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review our podcast on iTunes. We need your help to get the word out, guys. And be back here with us next week. We have two more episodes, at least two. I might throw another one. I might get crazy, guys, and throw in some more. But I'll give you at least two more episodes of featured speakers from LashCon 2019. On behalf of my Lash Dr. Tusney, as well as our special guest, Lance Corney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.